0: Would you like me to seduce you? That's it, man. Game yeah. over, man. It's game over.
1: Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, he walks in a
0: mountain. Five around the whole always Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. It's a trap. Every town
1: has an Elm Trust No one.
0: Hey guys, welcome to the Celluloid Fiends Podcast. I'm your host, Mo Long. You can follow me on Twitter, at Mitchell C. Long, and you can read my writing on film and much more at cupofmo.com. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And you know what else we'd really appreciate? Head over to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, your favorite podcast app, Go ahead and subscribe and leave us a rating. And as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm Gabriel Orto. Also, if you want to go to our Facebook page and give us a like, that'd be greatly appreciated. Now, you may have not heard of us from us the last few weeks, but there's been a couple things going on. Um, I got engaged. Um, I got a new job. And uh, Mo got sick. So at this point, I'd like us to uh, take a moment. With a real pressing issue. good
0: idea. Well, Gabe, you know this is a family show. I'm, I'm not really sure that we can delve into that, so we'll just we'll skip over that for now. All right. All right, all right. But, big congrats to Gabe on his engagement. Uh, super happy for him, and it's uh, it's us nice be recording again. Yes. Uh, so tonight we are going to be talking about the 1987 sci-fi cult classic, The Hidden. So The Hidden was released in 87, and it sits at a respectable 79% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes with a 72 audience score. It grossed over $9 million at the box office, and it's directed by Jack Shoulder, who really made a name for himself in the horror genre, directing films like A Nightmare on Elm Street Part II, Freddy's Revenge, Alone in the Dark, and Wishmaster Two: Evil Never Dies. And of all of his films, Shoulder actually says this is his favorite. Uh, so this was uh, this was my pick.
1: Yeah, this was a Moe pick. It was definitely a Moe pick.
0: <laughs> but uh, but Gabe, I, I think Gabe liked this one. Uh, which I enjoyed it This was really, something i never heard of. Um Mo came over to my place and said, we gotta last And I'm like, okay. And even shot was honestly a
1: really good movie. I like
0: and I, I brought the VHS over, but unfortunately, Gabe still needs to up his VCR game. Yeah. So we ended up uh, just streaming it. Yeah, no VCR over at my apartment. Only Blu-ray streaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The next time, I'll just have to bring my VCR. So, did, going into this, did you expect to enjoy it?
1: No, um, no, um, You know my personal taste. movies. So I didn't think you were necessarily going to bring but I actually really enjoyed this movie a little more than I thought I would have. I think I have the reaction that you had the slap shot, which was, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a good movie, but it was definitely better than I thought it was going to be.
0: So let's let's talk a little bit about what this movie uh, focuses on. So it stars Michael Norrie and Kyle McLaughlin. Uh, where Nori plays Los Angeles detective Thomas Beck and McLaughlin stars as FBI special agent Lloyd Gallagher, and they're investigating a string of murders and crimes committed by citizens with no previous criminal record. So uh, there are are a few things that I really like about this movie and that inspired me to pick it. For one, the film just feels, for the most part, very unique. It kind of, at the end, I feel like falls into a bit more of a cliche sci-fi film, but mostly it's very novel, especially the opening shot where it introduces a character who's there just for a brief period and he robs a bank, kills the security guards and goes on this crazy car chase through LA. Uh, And it also reminds me of a number of classic sci-fi films from, uh, from John Carpenter's The Thing to Invasion of the Body Snatchers and even some of those buddy cop films like 48 Hours and The Beverly Hills Cop. So it has this kind of weird sci-fi but also like buddy cop comedy vibe to it. No one talks about Pop on when it comes to buddy cop. That's one I haven't even seen. The one, but it was his director
1: film. It came out, I don't know, maybe five years ago. with Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis. How did I miss this? Everybody hates it except for me.
0: I mean that, that's a good cast and a great director, so yeah.
1: I, I thought it was hilarious, but that one movie with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell came out around the same time
0: and I think he kinda stole the Thunder. Uh, well I don't remember what that one was called. I forgot
1: what it was called, but I feel like
0: I think you're right. That it was, it was kind of a weird period for a buddy cop resurgence. Um, and interestingly, something I, I read on IMDb was Michael Nori was offered the part of Riggs in Lethal Weapon, but turned it down to take the hidden. Really? Yeah.
1: But in all right, so a...
0: I think it might be my favorite, though Beverly Hills Cop might take that top slot, oh, yeah, his I mean, favorite I mean, buddy cop I mean, film. Oh, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop is
1: definitely one of my favorite
0: buddy cop movies. Um, but Lethal Weapon is definitely no slouch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's up there. Um, so, uh, what did you think was, did you think this film was unique? I
1: thought it was unique. Fantastic. But you also don't know, like I didn't expect it to turn into like almost a sci fi thriller. I-, I thought this was like a total it was gonna be like a total heist movie type mm-hmm. deal, almost sort of a just crazy action sequences. Like there are great action sequences in this movie it's a great action movie in It takes a turn to that just nuts and nuts in
0: a crazy different directions. Yeah, it really set the tone, I felt like, as a movie that just didn't give any fucks. Because you're completely correct. It feels like it's going to be this giant action adventure. And then it does have a lot of action sequences in it and car chases. But then in between those, there are lots of very slow, kind of awkward Moments that are very dryly comedic, yeah. But it was it was a, di- a dynamic that just really worked for the film overall.
1: Very much so. I'm surprised this movie is more well known than it is. It follows through with everything that you expect of it. The acting, I think, is very well performed, and there's even some cameos by some people
0: you may recognize yes and uh this was gabe's first time seeing the film of course but uh i've seen it probably three or four times now there's there's one sequence i always forget about where there's a young danny trejo in jail yeah. because danny trejo's like always in jail or about to go to jail in everything he's in and, but even young danny trejo is still kind of old danny trejo which yeah, was rather yeah. jarring. But you just hear his voice, and I and we were sitting there, and I was just like, "Is that is that Danny Trejo?" And sure enough, about thirty seconds later, they like panned his face behind bars. <laughs>
1: Danny Trejo has a very grizzled face, so he has the appearance, that he is at least
0: fifty five years old. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's the Danny Trejo effect. Yeah. Um, neither Gabe nor I are suffering from that yet, but. Give us, a, give us a couple months or years or something, and I'm sure we'll oh,
1: have the Daniel Trejo
0: effect. Uh, s- and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that you feel like this should have more of a following. So, one question I have do you think this is a cult film?
1: I feel like it is, it could become a cult film. Like, it could become one of those mutilators or something that it's more well known, That people need to push this. I feel like it's just a, a good old film at this point, but I feel like it should be getting the recognition that some of these older films are um, getting these days. So if you haven't seen *The Henry, like I suggested, I want to get it to a status when we're getting a shot for some or of those companies. Because I, I want to know more about this movie, and I want to know about more about the production of it. A movie I'll definitely watch again if I can find
0: it on DVD or something. That'd be great. Be awesome if it is being released. It has. It's been released a few times. There was even a special edition DVD, and supposedly in August of 2017, Warner Archive revealed that they were releasing a special edition of the film. But I'm not sure any details on that if it was released. Or has yet to be released. Mm. Uh, But yeah, no, this is definitely one that I go back and revisit. I I will, I'm gonna go ahead and just say that it's a cult film because I I do think it has a lot of the makings of one. And maybe this is just my hopeful thinking uh, or way of trying to turn it into a cult film. But it did, it had a sequel that came out in '93. But from what I hear, the sequel's pretty abysmal. I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. It has no critic score, and it has a 14% audience rating. Uh, and it doesn't star either Michael Norrie or Kyle McLaughlin in it. Really? Yeah. So I feel like it was just destined for failure. But uh, a couple things about The Hidden that I feel like do make it a cult film, or, or maybe a budding cult film but it, it did garner a lot of awards and it was nominated for two Saturn awards, even though it didn't win any. And uh, the David Lynch directed Twin Peaks, which, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, starred Kyle MacLachlan as a very quirky FBI agent. So I feel like the hidden is almost like a spiritual successor to that. Uh, because the character of Lloyd Gallagher is this very offbeat FBI agent. And even the uh the opening scene with uh Chris Mulkey who stars as Jack, the guy who robs the bank and drives the car. So he was actually someone who is pretty prominent in Twin Peaks later on. So I just feel like it kind of like set that up. So I feel like it was inspired by a lot of classics, like like I mentioned earlier. And then it also, I feel like, went on to inspire a few things.
1: The last two movies we watched have, at least had one actor or actress that was
0: in the Phoenix. Maybe it's a streak we should keep Maybe up. Is a- <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah, I feel like David Lynch when he was brainstorming. Like, you know, they
1: win the championship, and then he. he-
0: that his degree to become a uh a
1: police officer in twin peaks so it's it's very changes name he doesn't want to know first I career you never know
0: it looks like the celluloid peens podcast has just turned into the uh twin peaks fan fiction podcast oh yes
1: yes even though i have only seen two episodes of twin peaks
0: okay that that has to change <laughs>
1: Like, I get when people like it, it's just really not like I like more or I haven't really given too big a shot to probably like give it four or five episodes before I put on the towel on it. But I was two episodes, and I was like, this is kind
0: of not my thing. It's just going to be like Stockholm Syndrome where I'm just going to bring it up every podcast until you finally decide to watch the series.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, I'll shoehorn it in there somehow. Oh God. Yeah. Well, I know. I think uh, I was going to do that, but you just did my job for me uh, by bringing up Lord of illusions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna keep talking about the hidden. <laughs> most wanted criminal in the universe It's not human. has come to Earth. Step out of the car slowly. Now, nothing can stop it except the cops who followed it here. Am I crazy? Or does this seem just a little bizarre?
1: You think it's over now?
0: The Hidden. You're wrong. Rated R. Now playing at a theater near you. Hey guys, we're back and we're talking about the 1987 sci-fi film *The Hidden*. So, uh, Gabe, you mentioned that you really enjoyed this one. Oh, I loved it. So, what did you love the most about it?
1: I just loved the body Cop aspect of it. I loved the fact that it took you through a loop It gave you something that you didn't necessarily expect from the beginning. It was kind of a John Carpenter sci fi film almost. With all aliens and and like, it was was, like a gross alien that came out of the mouth and like, it was a very, very cool movie that I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, the effects, you uh, you have a really good point. They were kind of John Carpenter esque. It was practical effects. And the alien coming out of, People and going into them I was actually done with stop motion, which I thought was really neat. Uh, and one r- kind of uh, weird comparison that I would make is I felt like The Hidden was a little bit like they live.
1: Yeah, it kind of was. Except for it was a little less than a ass. Because the guy, no, no, it was just a regular cop. Well, like, they
0: would have Rowdy Roddy Piper just kicking ass and taking names and, and chewing had, bubble gum he chewing bubble gum. Well, he was all out of <laughs> <laughs> because he was chewing it all yeah exactly yeah no no there was there was less badassery but i mean when you have Rowdy Roddy Piper which is just such a fun name to say uh, it, the level of badassery is pretty much untouchable but i i think it was just that they both had this weird pacing of these huge action sequences that are really memorable. Oh, yeah. And then these really like, slow-moving, quirky scenes in between. So what do you think inspired this movie, and what do you think was inspired by it? Like, Are there any films that come to mind?
1: I think um, the upcoming generation of sci-fi writers that be inspired by this movie. Maybe the uh, um maybe Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of nineties stuff like maybe Aliens stuff like that. Just you name it, you it. like this this is pretty much sci fi nineties by the book. It could be a very, very inspirational film if you're a young sci fi writer or director.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and those are actually a couple of my favorites right there that you just named, uh, Terminator Two and, and Aliens. Uh, there's something about sequels that were made around that era. Uh, it was it was a good time for sequels to come out. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: So, like it's, it's very rare
0: that you get a
1: sequel that's as good as the original. Me and my you now fiance always argue because she thinks that Men in Black 2 is better than Men in Black 1. Um, mm. And yeah, that, that's like a big no-no for, for me. No. And, and she, she constantly argues about that with me. She also says that Rush Hour 2 is better than Rush Hour 1. And I don't agree with that either. No. And her response to my to me saying that is always Dave, have you seen Mud in Black 2? Or have you seen *Monster 2 again? And I'm like, yes, I have. They are both not as kind as the original. She just keeps up on arguing that point. But don't she always argues that Halloween 4 is better than Halloween 3. Hmm. And I think Halloween 3 is better than Halloween
0: 4. Halloween 3 is. It, it, for me, it even rivals the first Halloween, and I love the first Halloween. But I, I do have a soft spot for Halloween four because that was like the film that got me into the Halloween. There's franchise. nothing wrong with Halloween four. There is
1: absolutely nothing with Halloween three. I mean, with Halloween two and Halloween four. Halloween three, like, I, like a lot of people don't see what Tom Carpenter was trying to do with Halloween three. What he was trying to do is make it more like. What JJ Abrams is doing with the Cloverfield franchise. He's, instead of the one constant story, he's turning it, he was trying to turn it into separate Halloween stories, crazy things that would happen on Halloween. And people just did not get the vision. I got the vision. A lot of people did not. And it wasn't until maybe 10 years ago that people started getting Halloween for another shot.
0: Yeah, it's really had a revisionist history, which I've we've both been really excited to have witnessed. So speaking of sequels, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but The Hidden did have a sequel. I Neither of us have seen it, so we can't really talk about the sequel itself and what happens, but do you think this was a movie that needed a sequel?
1: Not in particular. I feel like it pretty much was a good standalone movie. But then again, a lot of people would say that Terminator didn't need a sequel Alien didn't need a sequel. But they always surprise us with the sequel. And sequels can either make or break a franchise when it really comes down to it. So the fact that there was a sequel is not surprising. But the fact that the sequel flopped kinda of let me know that when there wasn't
0: a third one and why this is not a bigger franchise. Right. Uh, I completely agree. It is a very standalone film. And one thing I I do want to talk about is the ending. Because I thought the ending was totally the weakest part of the film. I still love the film. And it's one of my favorite sci-fi films of all time. Uh, And I really hope it features a revisionist history. Kind of like how and people kind of go back and appreciate it for what it is. But... I feel like the end was the one part where it kind of lost that unique quality and kind of turned into just a more straightforward sci-fi film, and it even just completely went over the top with like the fucking flamethrower. Of course, like when that like one of the detectives is walking through. Like the the department just casually carrying a flamethrower like in, the, yeah. in, in like the middle of a film, so when that happens, I feel like it's a bit of a Chekhov's gun. You're like, okay, yeah that that wasn't just casual, like that was an intentional moment, and you're gonna see that flamethrower come back at the end. Yeah. And but it was I think it was more than just that it went over the top. It was that kind of trite plot of the, uh, the the alien was taking control of people's bodies and was working its way up politicians, like trying to become mayor and eventually trying to become the president.
1: Right.
0: And I just feel like that's been done in a lot. I think that was, that was kind of like what, uh, what Damien was trying to do in like the Omen franchise kind of work his way up the political ladder. So I just, I feel like that was a plot that had been done before. Uh, do, do you have any thoughts on the ending? <laughs> I
1: didn't really have anything wrong with the ending. It was pretty much... Um, how do I put this? It was very much a very, very predictable ending. Like, as soon as you find out this guy who was like a senator or a mayor was trying to become president, you, like, I, I, I was like... It's trying to go after that guy. It's going to try to go on the bad guy, and that's you know, the end of it. I knew it was going to happen, and I knew that as soon as the, you see the flamethrower, I'm like, oh, this <laughs> is going to come into play somehow. Because this is so 80s. It is so 80s. It's like, whenever they paint something, you're like, look at this. And then you're like, that's going to come into play later.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty choreographed, and you're right. This this movie is very 80s, except one element that I really liked was I thought I the soundtrack was per, was very well done. Oh, very well done, very very well done. The uh, and and that's both in terms of there was an original score, but also just a lot of the music that plays throughout the film, uh, and the, the the original soundtrack was not some like super. Pop synthie number like Harold Waltemeyer. Uh, it was it was actually like kind of full strings and it had some nuance to it. Yeah, it did.
1: It really did. I the chase sequences and stuff like that. It really got <laughs> hit in the soundtrack those parts. But overall, even just the the original score was just fantastic.
0: And one of, for me, one of the most fun uh, parts of this film, watching all of the different hosts for the alien, and kind of seeing how they changed, and they were just very like uninhibited during that. Did you? Did you have a favorite host?
1: I like the female host. I think she was a stripper. Yeah, uh,
0: the female stripper host. She was my favorite as well, and, and I think that's. Uh, I I think that's in part because of how they hammed up a lot of her scenes. I think she also had the most time with the alien. But uh, there's like one scene where these cops like stop her and they see her get out of the car and they just start lowering their guns and they're like, oh, it's going to be one of those evenings. And then she just like pulls out this machine gun (laughs) And also, I really liked that chasing that they have with her in the in the mannequin factory. I think it was called like Neptune's. Yeah, that was fun. Definitely um, my, my second favorite host was I think it was the dog. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a that was a pretty solid host.
1: Oh yeah,
0: uh, and I that was something I was actually really curious about uh, after the fact, and it didn't it wasn't really touched upon in the film, but I was curious what the difference in like a human host and an animal host would be.
1: Right.
0: And I was wondering if there even was a difference.
1: Well, in my opinion, I think he was just basically looking for vessels. Mm-hmm. And the dog a dog is a good of vessel because people see dogs like, oh it's just the dog is very It was a very non intimidating dog. So it's not like a pit bull around this is a small dog. just very
0: inconspicuous. Yeah, I don't remember the the kind of dog it was, but it was uh, like you said, very inconspicuous, and but it, even its behavior was more dog-like. So I was wondering if uh, that was like a conscious decision on the part of this being to try to get to its next human host. Or maybe it had more control over that host. Because with a lot of the other human hosts, it seemed to just be like having fun. And it didn't seem to be working ter- toward its goal until much later in the film. It right. seemed just kind of like stealing cars and and having it, chases. It just seems like breaking the law for the
1: sake of breaking the law. It was just like, well, I'm going to go kill people. in a lot of Anything I want, get money. But you don't realize till later on in the movie that there's a there's an endpoint to all this. There is like a plan. Like you, you, just think that oh man, you know, it's like it, it, I felt like almost like it was like a career thing, or maybe like it may <laughs> <laughs> it, it Oh you know, Curtis. You know, like it, 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 like, like, like you would like something from a different planet from a space prison. I
0: felt like that Yeah. Uh, that's... Uh, I hadn't thought about, you know, Critter's connection there, but... Yeah. Uh, and I think it... I think it had escaped. Uh, because I think G- Gallagher mentioned at some point that he'd caught up to this creature on, like, another planet. But I, I can't remember the exact uh, dialogue. Well, I know he have been chasing him for a long, long time. So
1: it wasn't necessarily where he's looking for the
0: space
1: prison, but it may have been, like, a, 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 something that had been going on for a long time, and he was doing
0: bad things across the universe. And, and this was, of course, a little bit more competent than the Critters. Oh, well, I love Critters. Oh, no, I love them, but they were not most competent uh, no, 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 no,
1: no.
0: criminal extraterrestrials. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to keep talking about The Hidden. I want to
1: be president.
0: Gallagher, FBI. Mm Mm-hmm. What's in the bag? Security equipment. Open it up. Hey guys, welcome back. We're talking about the 1987 classic, *The Hidden*. So, Gabe, what are your some of your favorite 70s and 80s sci-fi films?
1: Um, definitely the thing. Classic. John Carpenter can't do going wrong with that.
0: No. Alien. Love it. Um, who else? What
1: do you think? Terminator definitely have to be on the top of that list. Star Wars? Yes. Like, I know that's not really a, a called movie, but it's one of my favorite sci-fi franchises of all time.
0: Easily. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: How about you, Mo? So, uh, a couple of, of the ones you named def- definitely would agree with those. The Hidden I would actually throw on this list. It's one of my favorite movies of any genre, but definitely one of my top favorite sci-fi films. I'd also throw out The Blob. And that was the 1988 remake. And I would throw out Invasion of the Body Snatchers.
1: That was one which
0: I love. And the like the 50s version is good, but the 78 Invasion of the Body Snatchers is just magnificent. Oh, I mean everything from like the effects to kind of that seventies paranoia that it really embodied, and that like that final scene. Uh, I saw this not too long ago for the first time on a big screen, and it's just such a powerful final moment. Uh, so that was that's definitely one, and, and I just feel like there's so many from like the seventies and eighties. Has to be. Especially if you start getting into, like, sequels. Like, or if we throw out, like, Aliens... Was aliens in the 80s or the 90s. That was the 80s. I think it was, like, 86? Because I think the first one in the 90s was... I want to say, like, Alien 3. But, um... Aliens and Alien I both love. I think I like Alien better, though.
1: Alien... Was like very, very exciting and great. I feel the claustrophobia and the fear of space and alien way more, especially since you are alone, you are in a ship with an alien, and you have nowhere else to go. It's very scary,
0: absolutely. Because it's basically like a slasher film in space. And I think the original concept, it was like pitched as something like Jaws in space, mm-hmm. which it very much feels like. But Jaws, to me, doesn't feel that scary. It's more like a drama that happens to have some elements in it, right. uh, some horror elements in it. Whereas Alien is just completely brutal. And it, like the effects, I think even, are a lot better than the CG that I see in films these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Aliens was that one was just more like a hoacious journey. And that was much more on the action side.
1: Yeah, well you had James Cameron coming in for Aliens. And we all know his his MO at the time was things like Terminator and stuff like that. And we eventually go on Terminator 2 Titanic, Avatar several things that keeps on raising the bar in South Park. James Cameron always raises the bar. And that's why I think kinda of since aliens, people have kind of not appreciated the alien franchise as much right as they should, especially Prometheus.
0: Prometheus I love that film. I think it's very misunderstood and actually like right beside us (laughs) recording right now, I have like a giant picture of uh, a giant poster from Prometheus hang up uh, in in my room here. Um, But I, I just loved the way it felt like the original alien where in alien, it's like the ship and the crew and the planet. It's all very vague. And in Prometheus it was the exact same way. But I think people went into that expecting A, they expected a xenomorph, and there was kind of something similar at the end, but not really what they were expecting. And then the other side of that was I think people thought this would answer a lot of questions about the xenomorph, and it it really wasn't to do that.
1: It was more of an answer to the space jockey that was originally an alien. kind of questioned where man came from. And I know I'm, I'm getting off topic here, but I'm gonna, I'm, gonna think, I'm gonna talk about a theory here. And people in the whole movie was like, why were space jockeys gonna come over and basically kill the humans? Like they find out what they were tripping and that they were going to Earth to kill the humans, basically. And I have a, uh, a philosophy because at the beginning of the movie, you see like an uh, uh, engineer, a space tracking. Um, You see him kind of sacrifice himself into the waters of Earth. And what I think that was was the key reaction of him creating life on this planet. Now, when you get back to see, there's a scene in the movie where they carbon date the engineer's head. They carbon date it and they say it's over 2,000 years old. So it's over 2,000 years old, and you really got to think about it. And you got to think about why they were trying to kill the human race. But then you really think about it. what happened over 2,000 years ago, Mom, people started believing in Jesus Christ.
0: Right. Okay. I, so, I see where you're going with this. So
1: I think they were upset that they were starting to worship other gods, other than. So they they decided to eliminate the human
0: race. Okay. As punishment. I you know, I kinda I kinda like that theory. That's that's the first time I've heard that. So uh apparently the Celluloid Fiends podcast is now going to be not only the Twin Peaks uh fan fiction podcast, but also the alien fan fiction podcast <laughs> from now on. <laughs> so, but it's a theory I <laughs> Because
1: the movie first came out, people think I'm crazy. But if you really look at it, it's 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 a viable theory if you really think about
0: it. Absolutely, I don't know that it was necessary. I don't think that was an intentional part of Prometheus. But I I like your theory, and I think you could totally support that with what happens in the franchise and what happens in the film. Right. Exactly. So did did you end up seeing Alien Covenant? What were your thoughts on that?
1: Surprisingly, I did not enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Prometheus. Still a very good film, but not. I didn't like it as much as I
0: liked Prometheus. I have the same reaction. I mean, I love the heck out of it just because I'll watch anything in the Alien universe for the most part. Except, like, I even enjoyed the first Alien vs. Predator movie. Alien vs Predator Requiem is one of the worst films that I have ever seen. And I think it's the only film that I've ever given one star out of five. And that was only because my rating system wouldn't let me go below that. I just thought it was awful. There was no character development. It was really dark on two levels. One, it was really difficult to see. I had to like crank up the brightness on my TV and I I, still couldn't see it.
1: What's going on in there? I I like you can't adjust the brightness kind of the movie theater, obviously. that was kinda a little confused. Um but again with Alien Covenant. I feel like they were trying to give us the sequel to Prometheus. So many people were upset about the so lack um, you of Xenomorphs and and Prometheus that they had Handed to the audience, and that kind of made me upset because I lost from if they would have just made straight up to the promotion, I would have been happier. Even more are always cool, and it's always cool to see them back on the big screen. But I feel like you possibly could have won. Yeah,
0: and I think even more than just. Getting back to the Xenomorph, I think Covenant felt like it had to provide a lot more answers. Because it did really seem to just provide a lot of answers and give a lot of backstory. Still, I enjoyed the film, but not nearly as much as Prometheus, which is weird. Because uh, you, you had the same thoughts that I did, but most people that I've talked to who saw both Prometheus and Covenant enjoyed a Covenant a lot more. And I think it's just for those reasons, like you want to have answers. It's like human nature, but I actually preferred Prometheus for everything that was vague in it.
1: I love movies that make you movies that make I love questions. People, keep us sometimes these days people always watch the movie thinking everything's gonna be answered. But I always love the movies that make you think, they can come up with theories that I just came up with about Prometheus. I always enjoy a movie that gives you questions and with the instant gratification of today, it's hard to make a movie like that. Especially a big budget movie like Prometheus. And that's why I love Prometheus. Because not a lot of movies get made like that in these days. But Ridley Scott, he was like, I'm returning to my science fiction roots. and they gave him the money to make Prometheus. And people were disappointed because, oh, you did. not there's no aliens. There's no Xenomorphs. <laughs> they just upset that. It wasn't Anthers it wasn't Xenomorphs and and I feel like Alien Covenant was kind of him kind of like, Alright guys, I get it. You can have your Xenomorphs, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? And Sure it was kind of a, a sequel to Prometheus, but I feel like he wanted to just give us a
0: sequel Agreed. So, uh, getting back to the hidden, uh, let's rate this, Maverdale. All right,
1: all right. Go ahead,
0: no. You want me to go first? Yeah, uh, I'll let you go first.
1: All right. I give this movie a four out of five.
0: Okay, and why a four out of five? A
1: four out of five because I feel like if the ending wasn't so by the book, could have possibly gotten a five star But I feel since they went kind of the easy way out, that I'd knocked it down a star, But everything else was fantastic about this But I couldn't I could put it anything below four stars.
0: Uh, I'm gonna give it a four point five out of five. And the that half a star is for pretty much the same reason that you mentioned, I I felt like the ending could have been a lot stronger, but I still feel like it's a very effective film and it has a lot of different qualities to it. uh, From kind of that buddy cop vibe to sci-fi. And I feel like there are even kind of a few like horror tinges in there, probably just because uh, the director dabbled in so many uh, horror films like Nightmare Part Two, which is actually my favorite of the Nightmare films. Uh, but aside from the ending, I, I feel like it's hard to really criticize any part of this film. The acting's great. has a It has a wonderful score, uh, and it's it's a film that I really hope kind of catches on and becomes more popular and gets the recognition that we both feel it deserves.
1: I want to see a man. That's when I'll be happy with this movie. I want I want this movie to get to a point where people are starting to look at this movie like they look at look at Return of the Living Dead Popcorn. Like I definitely want a movie re-release of this, maybe in a you know, 4K. Like, I think that this movie is it's, it's a shame that not a lot of people have seen this movie. It has great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: And uh, Roger Ebert gave it, I believe, three out of four, so it was recognized by critics at the time, Uh, it just didn't perform too well at the box office. I couldn't figure out the budget, I couldn't find that information anywhere, and the $9 seemed respectable, but I feel like that didn't perform as well as expected. And I think it was only until later on, on its home video release, that it... Kind of gained a little bit more popularity. Oh, of course. Yeah. If, if there's ever a Mondo poster release, I, like I will totally get that. I will sell off that Mondo poster any
1: kind of Harry poster or any kind of special prints. Because this movie was amazing. I I'll spend money for the Blu ray. It was streaming and everything these days. I have kind of strayed away from buying, buying hard copies of things because everything's going digital now. But there are movies that I do like having hard copies of, and this is definitely a movie I would buy a DVD or a DVD Blu-ray to pack with, because this, this movie is just fantastic and I want to show my friends.
0: Yeah, no, this is, this is worthy of inclusion in any DVD or Blu-ray collection so uh that's our that's our show for tonight all right. thanks for listening uh, don't forget head over to the iTunes store the Google Play Store or your favorite podcast app and subscribe give us a like on Facebook and you know what if you have any suggestions of what you want us to review hit us up all right we will be back with this podcast
1: With a very special episode in my heart we are going to be talking about horror horror rap which is Combination of horror movies and rap, which is something that I've been listening to for the last 20 years, and we look really forward. I'm really looking forward to this
0: episode. But I'm Gabriel Orto, and I'm Mo Long. This has been a similar I no, no, I can't prove it. You've got to believe me. Believe me. Take it off the air now, please. You've got to. It beats him. Please do choose the interruption. We're having technical problems. Please stand by. It's time. It's time. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by.
1: Dark masks, gather around
0: your TV set, put on your masks, and watch
1: all witches, all
0: skeletons, all jack-o'-lanterns. The third commercial,
1: it's still on, please.
0: Watch, take, the take the off the third magic. channel, the third channel, it's still running. Stop it, please, for God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time.
1: You've got us, please, stop it, stop it now, turn it off, turn it off. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop it. Stop it.